From KYW News Radio 1039 FM, this is Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Presented by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Hello, I'm Raquel Williams. Welcome to Bridging Philly. Families are getting together for the holidays, but not everyone has people to visit. As we all know, loneliness has reached epidemic proportions, and SOAN is an organization in Philadelphia looking for new ways for the aging to grow together. We'll check in with people from the organization to learn more. Whatever their issue is, they share the resources so that people have choices that they can make. Charity Howard takes a trip to the Arden Theater to learn more about the Big Friendly Giant. We don't do anything that's kind of halfway for children. We do it all the way or not at all. All that and more coming up on Bridging Philly. This is Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. Earlier this year, the Surgeon General warned that widespread loneliness in the U.S. poses health risks as deadly as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. And that, of course, is weighing on the health industry, costing billions of dollars annually, declaring it actually the latest public health epidemic. Sone is an organization that is looking for new ways for the elderly to grow together. And they do it by providing various peer counseling groups and workshops throughout the city of Philadelphia and much more. Here to tell us all about it is Mary Pat Tracy. She is executive director of Sone and Dion Wright Chambers, who is grand family educator at Sone. Welcome, Mary Pat and Dion. Thanks for having us, Raquel. Thanks. Absolutely. And we are ladies living longer. We are aging differently than our parents and our grandparents. Right. So I'm wondering right off the bat if the needs of the aging are also changing since we're aging a little differently. So I would say there are additional needs than our parents or grandparents experience because we're living longer. Mm -hmm. We have more health concerns because while you live longer, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are healthier living longer. Mm -hmm. So there are more health challenges. So the idea of um, what are we doing so that we can keep ourselves as well as possible so that as we grow older and get into our 80s and some people into their 90s, we're in good shape. Um, We also work um, with grandparents who are raising their grandchildren, and because of lots of reasons, that is a growing population. So um, grandparents might be 75, they might be 80, Mm -hmm. and they're raising little ones. Um, So that is another challenge that it happened in past generations, but there's a growing population. A lot of that has to do with opioid um, epidemic. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And we'll definitely get into that because I know, Dion, that's something that uh, the Grand Family uh, Program addresses, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. We'll definitely get into that. I I wanted to talk, though, about first the misconceptions Mm -hmm. that people tend to have about the elderly and growing old. Uh, Dion, what would you say are some of the misconceptions that are out there? Being called old. Being called old. Being called elderly. Yes, they're very particular, um, definitely advocate and have a strong voice for more so wanting them to be seen as individuals and not Mm -hmm. as this old cane walked over, Mm -hmm. feeble minded, Mm because a lot of them still are working. And um, like Mary Patches said, some of them are raising grandchildren. So you got to be coherent to do that, you know. And they're also kind of, you know, there's this next phase of their life, you know, that they're a whole new person. 
So they want to, you know, protect that in a youthful way. So I think the main thing they want to do is say, ooh, we say elderly and elderly. And they're like, ooh, no, you know, they want something more youthful and energetic to express, you know, who they are. And I think that reflects the negative image Mm -hmm. that we when we say elderly. You know, like Dion said, you think of someone walking stooped over with a, with cane, a cane, shuffling yes, down the street. Exactly. And people don't necessarily want to be identified that way. Mm. So what is elderly? Officially, what age range are we in when we are so-called elderly? Hmm. When you apply for Social Security is what I guess <laughs> okay. our society redeems us that way. You know, while our adults like to get that, you know, check, they can help, but they don't want to be described as long as what it comes with that. Right. Because they work hard, right. you know, and they earn that. But at the same time, our society has this image of, you know, when you get that check, your life is almost over. Mm -hmm. Instead of you get that check and it's like, it's time for your next phase. And what else can you do? Your second or third career? Or Mm -hmm. what did you do that didn't check off in your bucket list? Or, you know, what else do you want to, you know, endeavor in your life? Right. And I think along with that, older adults were sold a bill of goods that this is going to be the golden years, right? Uh, And what does that mean, the golden years? Mm -hmm. Mm. For most older adults, it doesn't feel so golden. They're reduced income oftentimes, mm-hmm. sometimes more responsibility with grandchildren, um, health issues. And then the pieces that Soam works with are social isolation and loneliness. Right. I don't think anybody thinks, oh, my goodness, I am really going to be alone mm-hmm. when I am 75 or 80 years old. They don't think that. And then it happens. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about this time of year, where we see all the commercials and all the movies, grandma, grandpa mm-hmm. sitting on the couch, grandma's knitting a scarf, mm-hmm. the kids are running around, mm-hmm. leave it to beaver, perfect family, aging situation. But that's not mm-hmm. everyone's reality. Mm-hmm. Not, you're exactly right. Yeah. Okay. You're exactly right. It's not. And I think that TV, which older adults often watch a lot of TV, and so they see the commercial where, you know, you pull up to your son's house and they come running out, the kids, they're so excited to see you because it's Thanksgiving or it's Christmas. But that's not really true. Families are more spread out. Um, Older adults have less children. So if you have one or two, they might be in Boston, they might be in Phoenix, and so you're not going to necessarily get together with them. And then there are also the reality of family dynamics. Not every family gets along well with their family members. Yeah, Yeah. there are estranged members in every Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the differences between loneliness and social isolation. What are the differences there? Yeah. So uh, loneliness is that feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So you feel lonely, right? So you could be in a room full of people, but you could also feel lonely, right? Because you're not connecting with them Mm -hmm. in in any kind of meaningful way. Social isolation is more the physical not being with people physically, Mm -hmm. right? So you no longer have neighbors that you can connect with. You can't get to your church where that was your connection. Mm -hmm. So it's it's more of a physical quality where loneliness is more of a feeling. People can be one or the other, or you can be both. Right, right. But both are a problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What are some of the ways that Sone is helping to reimagine how people age together mm-hmm. uh, in meaningful ways? Mm-hmm. So creating that space where you're not lonely, you're with like-minded people who don't want to be seen as old or elderly, you know, um, they have the same maybe health, medical, housing issues as you do. And where can they talk about it? 
someone try to surprise uh, supports for them or resources when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because you ever been at any event and you're in the room with the older people and it's like, oh, God, either going to pinch your cheeks or talk about their bones hurting, <laughs> you know. But it's like, no, they have, like, real life issues. Like, exactly. yeah, they, I, I wish I could find a class to do this or I wish I could find out how you do this. And then, you know, they need to understand Medicaid and, you know, open enrollment, you know, and understand what somebody is like, yes, I have that same issue and we should do this and we should go that. I mm-hmm. mean, our members are savvy. You know, they dress sharp, they cook, they like to go out and do things. And even for the ones that are homebound, that's getting to the social isolation, they enjoy having that safe space to talk mm-hmm. okay. and to meet, communicate and just, they lean on each other. We try to do more so of a strength-based approach and not, oh, woe is me or whatever, because right. these uh, individuals are brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I learned so much from them as much as they say they get from me, it's a, I want to say it's more so of a collaboration, so partnership. You know, we're working together to, I guess, really dismantle, you know, what society thinks that that generation should be doing, you know, and how yeah. they should be looking and what their needs are. We're assuming that, oh, they need this, but go to them and let them will tell you without hesitation what they want and what they need and what they don't and how they do want to be represented and how they don't want to be represented. Bridging Philly continues in a moment. Back to Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. The aging population that you're serving, mm-hmm. what are some of the more common things that they say that they need? Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, so we've been working almost 40 years. Next year, uh, Soane will be 40 years old. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> and um, as Dion said, we often look to them to say, what is it that you need? And then respond for older adults, mm-hmm. right? So I think um, the whole idea of social isolation and loneliness breeds a need to be with others others who are your peers, mm-hmm. right. right? So sometimes you might have a neighbor or you might have a family member, but where are your peers? Where are the mm-hmm. people, like Dion said, who are kind of like-minded? Right. So our goal has been to establish connections, to establish community among peers. And we do that both in the community mm-hmm. and we do it via the telephone. And we've been doing telehealth, again, for oh, 35 years, which during the pandemic, that got to be a big thing. But we've been doing it all along so that homebound older adults, Mm -hmm. who are probably the most isolated and lonely, Mm -hmm. um, have connections. So we bring them together in a group every week. So um, if you imagine sitting around the kitchen table, that's what we tell people. Mm -hmm. There are six women, six to eight women on a group, and they meet every Monday at 2 Mm o'clock, and they share, I would call it the... Issues of aging, both joyful moments and the real struggles. Right. Like, should I move out of the home I've lived in for 50 Mm -hmm. years? Mm -hmm. Like, my adult son is driving me crazy. What do I do about him? Um, Like, I can no longer get to my church. What can I do to have my spiritual needs met? And because they're meeting with peers, oftentimes people take info from peers much more significantly than they do from a professional, right? So if their fellow group member says, well, here's what I tried with my son because he was driving me crazy and this worked. So they might share an idea of how to cope. And then the next week, they'll come back and say, did you try it? And did it work? Okay, great. If not, let's try another idea. So Mm -hmm. people really benefit from that connection with one another. Yeah. 
I understand that there are a number of women, especially, that uh, have outlived their partners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of, because women live longer mm-hmm. than men, statistically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that dynamic mm-hmm. there where, you know, they have specific needs because they don't have a partner mm-hmm. and they maybe were used to doing certain things and now they're finding themselves like, okay, well, how do I, mm-hmm. how do I continue? Mm-hmm. How, uh, there are resources for them as well that you, you help mm-hmm. them out with. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's often being with another person who's gone through it. So mm-hmm. my partner died five years ago, someone in the group may say, and here's what I did about selling my house. Here's what I did about learning how to do my taxes or whatever their issue is. They share the resources so that people have choices that they can make. Um, And um, it's really powerful. It's really powerful, whether it's in person or via the phone. It's very powerful. You mentioned the pandemic. Mm. And um, we were talking even before we started uh, the program is that we all got a little taste Mm. Of loneliness during the pandemic. We're all isolated mm-hmm. from one another, not being able to make those connections other than whoever was under your, your roof. So yeah. we kind of got a little bit of a taste there. So what did we learn from COVID when it comes to loneliness? I think we learned that we all can experience it mm. in one form or another. It just happens that we all experience a global pandemic at the time. And it did affect everybody in their own individual way. But we were definitely affected by it. So I, th- I think when you personally experience something, you kind of have a little bit more, I don't want to say empathy, but you, you're like, oh. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get right. it. Because mm-hmm. you're going to say, oh, I'm empathetic to everybody. We all like to say that. Yes. But not until you actually kind of walk in their shoes a little yes. or get a taste of it. You can really have that, I guess you want to say, aha moment mm-hmm. and be like, mm, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. something needs to be done. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. What is the key to battling loneliness and isolation as you're aging, especially here in Philadelphia? What is the key? Mm-hmm. Is it peers, peer support? I keep hearing that I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with that one, Raquel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with peer support. Mm-hmm. Um, again, aging is not a journey you want to be on by yourself. Mm-hmm. It right. really is not. Um, and for many reasons, even your cognition, even your mental mm-hmm. well-being doesn't do well in isolation. Mm. So that if you're able to be with others and talk about the things that are on your mind, the things that are bothering mm-hmm. you, um, even as if your cognition changes and someone says, you know what, I went to um, a psychologist, I went to uh, a memory center, and I've gotten some help. Even that is helpful. So I think we have to be on this journey with others um, and not alone. And oftentimes society puts us in this place where we're kind of alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So... Our goal at own is always to build community so no one has to be on that journey alone. Yeah. I would say everybody needs to have some kind of a connection. Mm-hmm. Right. But then you have, you have people who say, I don't need that. I'm, I'm fine by myself. I don't, I don't need to be with my peers. I'm okay over here. Not realizing that they're doing themselves a disservice, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. making those connections. How do you mm-hmm. break through to uh, people who are aging who are mm-hmm. kind of just pushing against mm-hmm. making connections? I feel like we get members like that sometimes because mm-hmm. somebody else brought them in. Yeah. But you can tell they're hesitant. Yep. You know, yeah. so again, it's meeting them where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're on the outskirts of the group, rather we're on the phone if we're in person, or even you can tell that interaction if we're doing, you know, Zoom, right? Yeah. But once you start finding out, and that's where I feel like my job and our job as facilitators is to find out 
what makes them kind of tick and interest. Mm -hmm. You'll get to see them move more. Give them that more leadership role because I'm only here as a little guide. I'm a, You point me into the rest direction. I'm going to hold the medallion, but you guide it where it's going to go. So I think that kind of welcomes them in because we have members who have been here for a long time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you can know from the door, and they'll tell you now, oh, I you know, we just started to do. Someone so dragged me in. But now mm -hmm. they're like our best, I want to say, we don't even have to do our own marketing. They do it for mm -hmm. us, oh, you know, which okay. is really great. Whenever we're at events, I always tell Mary Pat, I ain't have to do nothing. I can actually go to the bathroom. You know, because you look so busy. They just, you know, kind of sold it for you. So I think when it comes to just working with anybody that's hesitant, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and especially you don't want to put stereotypes, but you know, once our population gets set in their ways, it's just like no turning them back. You know <laughs> sure, what I mean, right? Sure. But then when you give them that voice and you you um mm -hmm. you honor and you respect that, um, not only do they get so much out, but so do the other members mm -hmm. and then so so does we, you know, we yeah. know how to service them better and to, you know, support them with whatever needs they um right, right. need. I would add too is that Sometimes we have said to people, kind of, just come to group mm -hmm. one time. One just time. come one time. Yeah. And that is often the foot to get in the door. And then, as Dion mentioned, we often have seen people who come in. And so, you know, we meet in a circle because we're, mm -hmm. we're circle people. And people will sit on the outskirts, right? So they sit on the outskirts this week and don't say a word. Mm -hmm. Next week, their chair moves in a mm -hmm. little bit closer to right. the circle. Got it. And might say hello to a couple of people. And to, to watch them every week until they're finally in the circle and yeah. participating and allowing that people to do that because that's who they are. They're not people who are going to jump right in. Mm -hmm. So as Dion mm -hmm. used the expression, honoring who they are. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're social people, right? Right. And even though they try to say we don't want to, we do have a majority of women. We do have men. And let's not be funny. Somebody always want that special person too. Right. So they kind of, I want to say it's almost like, can be like a little dating thing. I mean, mm -hmm. our our adults are vicious. They are not like, <laughs> oh, we got a male. He's handsome. You know, that kind of thing. Let's be honest. We're all alive. And, That's you know, true. And when we do get men, they can see like, oh, I got my pick of the leader here. You know, it's so that many women. You know, else, so yeah. it's something that they, you know, come forward to looking to. Yeah. Because 96% of our Mm -hmm. uh, participants are women. So the male population is very tiny. Uh -huh. So they, they do become like um, peacocks, right? <laughs> yes. They can strut them feathers, mm -hmm. and they do. Right. They have no problems uh, strutting their feathers. Mm -hmm. Just because there's snow on the roof, what they say? Snow on the roof doesn't mean yes. there's no fire in the Yo, furnace. and they will tell you. <laughs> That's a great one. I love it. You want some advice on relationship? We have the best, right. you know, advisors right there because mm -hmm. they live through it, you know, mm -hmm. and just hearing their stories and what they went through and mm -hmm. how they're still not giving up on love. And I'm looking for somebody yeah. right now. No matter. I'm 78. I'm 85. And I mean, it's a lot of laughter because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, my, if I knew that, <laughs> you know, that would have helped me out a lot. But they share a lot with each other. And, you know, you're just blessed to be in the midst of it and be like, if I'd have known that. Yeah, yeah. You know. it doesn't matter the age. We mm -hmm. all need to have that connection. So it's never too late to find love, whether right. you're whether you're 17 or 78. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's good to keep the fire burning if you you know get the furnace going still. Um, so I understand that. Exactly, is sewn different than other aging population organizations out there. 
So we are dealing with people's social isolation and loneliness, right? So we are not providing meals, which a senior center does, and they provide activities like dancing, bingo, whatever. Um, we're not a home health agency that provides us nursing or nursing aid. We are looking at people's social isolation and loneliness and making sure that people have others to be on the journey of aging with. Okay. And you did mention um, you were talking about grandparents that are caregivers as well. And I know in Philadelphia, over 15,000 grandparents mm-hmm. are raising their grandchildren full time. Mm-hmm. And um, that can cause a strain. What is the Grand Family Resource Center? Tell me more about that. So the Grand Family Resource Center um, has three programs that supports the grand um, families. One is the Philly Families Connect. That's for the social isolation um, the other one is Philly Families Read Together, which supports grandparents who are raising their grandchildren with literacy and language development. And the other one is Healthy um, Lies. So we provide more so of a healthy way for grandparents and their grandchildren, you know, um, not only just physically the food that they eat, but also the activities they do, the mindset, mental health, because we know quality of life means that you're addressing your social emotional needs first, you know, and then everything else kind of trickles down. So that's the umbrella of the Grand Family Resource. Okay. Now, we don't often think about how overwhelming it can be for grandparents to raise their grandkids. Mm -hmm. It actually is quite a strain on their finances. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Yes. I mean, just the basics. Um, we already know that Philadelphia has a high number of food, you know, disparities. So we already know that um, older adults have the same issue. So can you picture having children, you know, miles to feed now? Um, some of them, yes, they get meals at um, at school, but still that's the burden also, you know, at home. Um, there's just the whole thing with their resources for school when it comes to supplies, how do you help them with their homework? You know, you think that time is over. Let me tell you, fifth grade algebra is no joke. I don't care what age you are, what degree that you have, you know, that yeah. kind of ways. I would add to financially, grandparents who are raising their grandchildren do not get a financial mm-hmm. stipend. There's no added financial reimbursement for mm-hmm. grandparents. Mm-hmm. So if they're um, collecting Social Security and it was meant for one and they have three kids, mm-hmm. so now you're dividing that Social Security check by four you're supporting four people with that Social Security check. So that is a tough place to be in. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, is though the children may be with their grandparents full time, they don't have what we call legal custody of them. So they cannot qualify for any public or state, you know, assistance. So that's all coming from, like Mary Pat said, their, you know, retirement or their Social Security check, you know, there. So that's I think something that definitely needs to be a bigger platform because mm-hmm. we all kind of know grandma house is a safe space. Most of these children, unfortunately, are not with their grandparents because something good, even their parents are incarcerated or even, unfortunately, we're in Philadelphia. So there's a lot of gun violence is why it's there with them and also mental health. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are three big main reasons why a lot of the grandchildren with their grandparents and with that comes a whole legal thing about custody and what support is going to be given to them. So that's a beast in itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to point a a couple of those things out so people Mm -hmm. understand that, you know, Sone seems to offer a a variety of wraparound services for seniors as you are helping them with, uh, you know, social isolation and loneliness and things of that nature. Um, Are there any particular events when it comes to um, bringing everyone together and Mm -hmm. aging together that are popular uh, amongst uh, the growing aging population that you serve? 
Yes. We, well, I know in the Philly Family Reads Together program, we have monthly events where we either go to museums, we go to theaters, we go to parks, um, maybe another nonprofit organization that we partner with. Mm-hmm. And we always trying to do some type of educational enrichment, you know, activities. So um, we do that every month. Um, we just had a, a senior choir event with the grandparents and the grandchildren. We're doing a, a trip in Jersey to Total Turf to an entertainment place for the grandparents and the children. Mm-hmm. We uh, just did something at the um, African-American Museum. Um, we do stuff at Science Center. So every mm-hmm. month there's a trip if you will, and it's an opportunity for the grandparents to see each other and the grandchildren to get together as well. So we're really big on events and eating they love. You know, of course, anybody <laughs> of course. loves to eat. So yeah. we do events often like that. And for the non-grandparents or adults, we don't do as much. The event may be participating in your group. Okay. Um, we have had seniors on New Year's Eve say that they were going to be alone and that they would call another senior at midnight and each would have a glass of either an alcoholic <laughs> beverage or ginger ale. Okay. And at midnight, they would toast one another via the phone That's because nice. they can't get out. They don't have places mm-hmm. to go They for many reasons. So our groups kind of help people generate, how could I be with others yeah. in a different way than maybe I've done for the last you know, 50 years of my life. Right. So basically there's a way for people to make a connection mm-hmm. regardless of their situation. Mm-hmm. That's, no one has to be alone. That's our goal. That's our goal. How can people find out more about Sewn? Where can mm-hmm. we go to find out more? Mm-hmm. So um, you can go to our website, which is www.sewn.org. You can call our office, 215-487-3000. My extension is 12, and Dion's is 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And we do have social media. We're Facebook. Oh, right. We're on Instagram. We also have a Sewn app that you oh. can download on your Android or your iPhone. I'm an Android baby. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, just the S-O-W-N um, in a pull up. And there's like a little red leaf. But we do have a new name coming. Oh. So, yeah. Stay tuned. In January, mm-hmm. we have oh. a new name coming. Yes. So oh, can't we, wait for that. Yeah, the we'll let you know. Else. We'll let you know. Yeah. The big reveal will okay. be January. I think we just had a meeting this right. morning. I think it's going to be the 11th of January. Okay. And the main reason for that is because Sewn is supporting Older Women's Network. But as Mary Pat said, we have men in our group. We That's just right. to make sure we're inclusive to everyone. Understand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So big things coming in the new year for Sewn. Our right. 40th anniversary and a new name. Woo-hoo. Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you Thanks. so much for sharing the work that you do. Do appreciate it. Mary Pat Tracy and Dion Wright Chambers of Sewn. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Thanks, Raquel. Bridging Philly continues in a moment. Back to Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. The Arden Theater in Old City brings to the stage a vibrant new rendition of BFG, short for Big Friendly Giant. Charity Howard took a trip to the Arden to learn more from director Whit McLaughlin and lead actress Jessica Money, as we learn more from Charity Howard with Shara in the City. Cool, so what'd you think of the show? Oh, it was great. It was great watching the kids. They all enjoyed it. They were laughing. What part was the funny part, Olivia? Uh, when they opened the dreams. What was your favorite part? Everything. Jessica, clearly this is a hit and the kids love it. Who do you play? I play Sophie. All right, so we're going to change gears. We're going to get deep now. Sophie, your character, connects with the kids how? 
Uh, through her wild imagination, she um, has a creative spirit. The moment from your birthday party entertainment isn't here to let's do the BFG is instant. There's no fear in that. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, then let's do it. And I'm going to get all of my friends to participate. And we're going to work through this together. We're going to figure it out together. And we're going to tell this really awesome story. Please, paint me a picture. It is Sophie's eighth birthday party. We are playing Blind Man's Bluff. And uh, we run up the stairs into the attic. And we're smack dab in the middle of the game. We play that game. We play Red Light, Green Light. um, And then I receive a birthday present, which is the BFG, the novel. We find that my birthday party entertainment is no longer able to come. And Sophie has the bright idea to do the BFG. Whit McLaughlin, now you're the director and you had a totally different idea about how this was going to work. What is the BFG? The big, friendly giant as opposed to big, mean giant. So uh, the style of the production is very much... Let's invent on the fly. Let's create this out of stuff that we have. And it takes place in a big, well-appointed attic room for kids. And so they just take stuff and make a show out of it. And uh, the big friendly giant, the thing Jess didn't quite say is that she connects to a puppet. And so that's a really unusual aspect of it. The central character is a puppet. That's amazing. So Jess plays the central character, Sophie. And when you're on stage, when you're doing this work, when you're making these connections, what's going through your mind? Um, We're very early on in the run, so a lot at this point. Um, I'm very new to puppetry. Um, I had a master class one time learning how to do hand puppets. Um, But the puppet that I'm using now is in the Bunraku style. Um, So she's got a full body and I need to keep her alive and engaged and make sure that she's discovering and make sure that everything that I am feeling is is what Sophie is feeling and making sure that she is the one who's looking at the things and um, having the thoughts and making the moves. So it's easy, you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much. Yeah, it's been been challenging, but so rewarding. Um, Having the opportunity to learn something new is very exciting to me. I love to learn and I love to sort of grab onto new skills and put them into my toolbox. Um, And I've had a really supportive group of people around me helping me to learn this thing. Not that many actors can pick up a puppet of the complexity that uh, Jess has picked up and sort of find their way into it as quickly as she has. It's just not part of a normal actor's skill set. She mentioned, uh, Jess mentioned Bunraku, which is a Japanese puppet style. They work seven years just on the legs. And then they graduate up to the head and torso. So, and the arms are, they're managed by three, sometimes four people. We have two people here. One, Jess, who manages the whole basic thought process of the puppet, and then the BFG actor, who, by the way, comes in 10 feet tall later on in the performance. So you ain't lying when you say giant. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. And uh, uh, they manage the puppet together. I love that. Mm -hmm. So not only, again, a layer of community Mm -hmm. and partnership, but just as much artistry that goes into making it is required to kind of perform with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'm learning new things every day, which is really awesome. Um, And I 
I had the opportunity to take her home with me and work with our puppet artist, Sebastian Munheim, who built her um, sort of in my likeness. Her face sort of looks like my face, which is really, really awesome. Um, and so I, I've spent a lot of time with her. And in the two weeks of rehearsal that we've had, um, have just been waking up early in the morning and having sessions with Sebastian and going home and looking at my notes that I've taken through rehearsal and just going through and regimenting these, these movements. Let's talk about the atmosphere when you walk into this space. What's it meant to make these kids feel? I don't know that I've figured that out yet. Um, we're still in previews, which means that things are still um, changing a little bit. Yesterday was our first performance in front of uh, an audience of, of young people. And I started off on the stage before the show really began. So I make my entrance and they all go, shh, 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 because they think the show's going to start. And I've been directed to just exist and to um we have a telescope on stage and so i'm like charting out the stars and writing in this little notebook and they're all kind of like what <laughs> and they're like the show's starting the show's starting they, they all get very quiet and then a couple of minutes goes by and they're like oh well no it's not it hasn't started yet um and today was was different we started off just like right into the game and they're sort of f- figuring out what this thing is um something really funny that happened yesterday was um We'll do the BFG is my line. And a kid goes, they're going to do the BFG, but they're in the BFG. So they are, they are. It's the Matrix. Yeah, like they're, they're just, they're on the train with us and they're figuring it. it out too. It's I really cool. It. Jess is too vibrant. And <laughs> She's pretty vibrant. She's amazing. Interesting. So there's no way for her to kind of move into a space and not have people go, what's she doing? And and <laughs> so that? and like sometimes as a director you deal with it. That's a little too interesting, <laughs> Jess. <laughs> so can you be less interesting? Okay, for me, in terms of how I like to see design work for kids, is I see them round the corner and see the set for the first time and the thought I want from them is like wow look at that you did this for me because it's there's nothing when at the arden we don't do anything that's kind of halfway for children we do it all the way or not at all and so today i was sitting in the back and i saw kids round the corner and they went because what you want is a kid to go, I want to exist in this room with that. And they, so they want to enter the situation imaginatively. So they, from the beginning, they're sort of, what's it going to be? What's this going to be? And you've created a welcome sign. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And all I can think of is that these kids are seeing you as a beautiful woman of color. You're opening the world up to young black women and you're thinking, hey, I can do this too. Yeah, I'm like getting a little choked up. I had several people um, on Arden staff coming up to me. I was doing another show here um, last season and they're like, great, we just want to make sure that we have the artwork right. We want to make sure that everything reflects you. And, and walking by, once they hung up the artwork in the windows, walking by and seeing a little brown girl. You saw you. I, yeah. And that was so special. Um, and that's just what this place is. Yeah. Um, I saw my first show here 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And I knew before intermission hit that this is where I wanted to be. This was home. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> And if you want to see what all the excitement's about, the Ardens playing the BFG or the Big Friendly Giant now through January 21st. 
Thank you for joining us for Bridging Philly, brought to you by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Also, we're looking for the 2024 class of game changers. Nominations are being accepted right now. If you know a person or an organization doing positive work to uplift communities of color, go to kywnewsradio.com slash game changers and nominate them today. Winners will be featured on KYW and will be awarded at a special ceremony during Black History Month. For Sharaday Howard and our producer, Patty McMahon, I'm Raquel Williams. Be well. <laughs>